G'day, this is Dom Harvey from The Edge Breakfast Show, and you're listening to The Kiwi Running Show. Kia ora and welcome to episode number 28 of the Kiwi Running Show. My name is Hayden Sherman and with me here is... Hamish Meacham as always and if we're a bit quieter today than what we usually are it's because uh, Hayden's daughter Flo is, has just gone down for a nap yep, next, next door. door. Yep. So we're just going I'm gonna... on daddy duty this week. Yeah, you're doing, yeah. You're doing well mate. Good job. But, yep. um, Thank yeah, you. Ho- the running did... is taking a second <laughs> yeah. the back seat. That's Fair enough. Sure. Fair enough. Hopefully she doesn't wake up halfway through... Uh, you know us going through the news so. yeah exactly because yep. there's a lot of exciting news to come there um, is and before we get to that i should give you a little heads up we've got uh, one of new zealand's top uh top middle distance runners well more distance middle runners. slash yeah. long distance yeah yep. um so she's just coming off a, an amazing win last week and then we're going to do a, a training talk at the end on how to structure your year coming up for 2017 and yep. in particular how many races you should be doing so yeah um and i think this is an interesting one because you yeah. know it's a bit different for everybody it depends on your goals depends on if you're racing ultras marathons yep. track races but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to the chat yeah so be should good. be good but first of all, we have a new world record holder in the country. Amazing. And I yeah. look, I make uh, no secret of my uh, man crush of uh, <laughs> on, on Brad Luton. He's my he's my mortgage broker. Um, uh, been for a few runs when I was running with the Takapuna boys. Um, and he, he's a really a great club man. But also, turns out he's a hell of a golfer. Yeah. And um, has some awesome ultra marathon potential. We had him on the show uh last week but uh, run us through the record Hayden run us through yep. what, what happened yesterday at the Helensville Golf Club so you've got 12 hours to do as many holes as you can so I think yes. that's that's what you're going for isn't it it's, it's Correct. the number of holes so yep. you you do need to be a good golfer you can't just jog around the course you've actually got to get the balls in the holes um so do you remember the record was it two? 30 that he had I to break? I think it was, it was 221 or okay. 222, and he was going for 230. Yeah, yep. cool. So um, it meant that he had to run about 90 kilometres. Um, and yes. in the end, he did 237 holes in the 12 hours. Yeah, just and over 13 rounds of golf. Wow. Mm. So think, think how long it took you the last time you did a full round of golf freaking long time yeah i've never done a full round i've only ever done nine (laughs) (laughs) and that was a few hours yeah um so he did 237 holes with an average what was it about averaging around 100 around yeah yeah um just pretty solid it's really solid it's it's what a lot of people hit i i was amazed he's an 11 handicapped golfer which is actually pretty handy for a guy who only plays like four times a year yeah so um this runs 100 mile a week (laughs) i'll I'll be honest i was chatting with uh with a mate on sunday and we're like nah he's underestimated it and actually there was a bit of banter um a few of the guys um you know looking at his build-up had thought he hadn't done enough oh like long 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 running because he did a half marathon last weekend yeah and and got won it in 114 he's done lots of marathons and half marathons i don't think he's ever run longer yeah. Than a marathon. And so the boys were kind of saying, oh, no, he hasn't done enough long stuff. Well, <laughs> <laughs> looks like us naysayers were wrong because Brad has smashed it. And, and you know, playing golf, running 97.7 kilometers. Wow. Just this record blows my mind. And, you know, add to this, you know, he works full time. He's a family guy. He's got a couple of kids. Yeah. Um, he runs every day. Yeah, tell you what, I would have loved to. Have, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him in the future and finding out how today's run was because he's <laughs> yeah, he's on yeah. that run streak. He's going yeah, for a thousand runs, a, a thousand days running in a row. Um, some of the footage I saw on the news was him walking up the stairs of the golf club and he had to have a guy either side of him basically <laughs> to carry him up so today's run is going to be tough but yeah yeah man he he should look back on I'd this pull the aqua jogging card <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah this is this is a and i just can't believe it it blows my mind yeah it's amazing yeah so almost 100k and 237 holes and he has yeah. to carry his clubs with him so if no, you're wondering no, he just carried one Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he what has a caddy or something or a golf cart? There were cart people that... spotting for him. I'm not sure what happened with the putting, if someone threw him a putter or, or what. But okay. yeah, 
Um, so obviously I don't know the rules very well, but I do, I do know when he was running, he was just running with one club as opposed to okay. speed golf where you run with four sure, on the yep. frame. So, um, yeah, yep, but that improves things a little. Yeah. But what's important is to remember this is all for a very good cause. So he's looking to raise awareness and funds for bowel cancer. So Brad had a, a good mate that actually unfortunately passed away, uh, not too long ago from bowel yeah, cancer. Yeah. So, um, if you're listening to this, um, either, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, it's not too late. Brad's actually got a trade me auction that you can check out. So, awesome. um, we'll try and find that link and put it on the show notes because some great items available and, um, going at a good price, but for an amazing cause. So yeah. check it out. Wonder if Brad's got any poo stories from the from the course. Oh, yeah, we need to. <laughs> we've got the poo episode coming up, and as a little background, we've been getting um, little sneaky interviews from many of our guests of yep. their poo stories. So yeah, so at the end of tuned. every interview, we've been asking the poo question when we're brave enough, and I'm interested yeah. to know, Hayden, did you ask? Uh, Camille. Yeah, I didn't ask Camille. Ah, you're such a chicken. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like, and I don't know if this is sexist or just being a gentleman, but it doesn't seem appropriate to ask a female to share... Yeah, a over running Skype poo story. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Over Skype, over Skype yeah. of a um, woman that I haven't met before, aside yeah. from on Skype, asking about her poo <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. maybe for round two, we'll grab that one. Okay. Cool. Um, so in other news, so with um, the the track season continues and the track been, and field season. Oh, the track and field, of course. Yeah, we can't forget our throwing and jumping cousins. Yeah, and look, we're going to lead off with some field event news. Um, and it's a it's another guy that I've got a, a ridiculous man crush on. Ben Langdon Vanell <laughs> is, you know, with the retirement of Stu Farquhar, he's now our premier javelin thrower, and he's really stepped up to the mark. This past Saturday, he threw the javelin out to seventy nine point eight zero meters. So um, he improved his personal best by almost two meters in the first throw of the season. Wow. So this bodes awesome. really well for the future. Um, moves him to number three on the all-time list. So he's gone from being sixth up to third. He jumps ahead of Michael O'Rourke, who was a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. Wow. So he sits right behind uh, Gavin Lovegrove and Stu Farquhar, who are both Commonwealth Games yep. medalists. So he's he's jumped right into that level to where, you know, 2018 is looking quite exciting. We've got you know, another guy in the mix who should bring home an athletics medal for us. So awesome. keep Do an eye know... on Ben Langdon for now. He's, he's sponsored by uh, GoPro. Oh, choice. Some really cool footage of him. Uh, Strapping a GoPro to yeah, the Yeah, no, he's figured out, because it's quite difficult if you add anything onto your projectile to get it to fly properly. Yeah. But he's figured out how to throw the javelin with the GoPro and, and wow. have it work. So some cool stuff. Um, go check out his Facebook page. He's a pretty... He's a neat guy. And awesome. like, I love it. I met him down in Palmy, really loyal to the Palmy club. So he's moved up to Hamilton to train with Bev Savage, who was, no, not Bev Savage, Debbie Strange, who was Stu Farquhar's coach. Cool. Uh, still competes for the Palmerston North Club because he's, you know, he's that loyal. loyal. Yeah. Nice. So it's pretty cool. So he's the man you take with you hunting or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't play skimming stones with him because he will, he will waste you. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a fast, fast arm. I really, yeah. I hope I can grab an interview with him over the summer because he's got an interesting uh, backstory that, that is really worth listening to. Cool. So, cool guy. Very nice. Uh, what else have we had around the track and fields? Oh, look, um, you know, that same meeting in Hamilton, I know we had Joseph Miller um, on the show a couple of weeks ago, so he yeah. opened his season with 10.6 over 100 metres and 21.48 over 200. So that's really kind of just getting started, but not too bad, you know. He'll he'll look to kind of go significantly faster than that as the season goes on. Um up here in Auckland, there was a couple of meetings. Olivia Byrne ran a 1500 and 431, um, which is only about 10 seconds off her best. So nice. pretty good running. Esther Cohen uh, ran 3K in 937. I know she's lining up for the um, Bay's Night of Fives, which oh, cool. is next Tuesday. So look yep. forward to seeing how she goes there. So there's a PB for her as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's really impressive. Um Lots of other track and field results, so worth jumping on to the Athletics New Zealand Weekly Roundup yep, to we'll check put them a, out. We'll put a link to that on the show notes. There, there's one kind of thing that that I that stuck out to you when you saw it, Hayden, and I yeah, want to chat yeah. about this. So yeah, looking through the results, and I was like, 
North Island Championships in Palmerston yes. North. I heard nothing about this and I never knew it existed. So yeah. North Island Track and Field Champs. Um, so tell us about it. What? Yeah, so it's an interesting one. And look, I'm not the, um, I don't know the whole situation, but my understanding, obviously, I was down in Palmerston North when this kicked off. Athletics in New Zealand um, thought that the season had become too short. Basically, the whole season yep. happens between January. Late January. And, yeah, late yeah. January. And now, depending on where Nationals finishes, mid-March, early yep. March sometimes. So Could really, six or seven weeks long. Yeah, yeah, so athletes are training all year for a six or seven week season, yep. which is just, it's not um, an ideal situation. So yeah. they wanted to put a significant meet before Christmas. So they thought, oh, we'll do a North Island and a South Island Championships. Palmerston North put their hand up and said, we'd really like to host this and invest into it. Cool. Um, first year started out okay. There was a couple of Hamilton athletes and I think even a couple of Aucklanders who came down, lots of Wellingtonians and Wanganui athletes, and the meet was not bad. Um, but what's happened over the past two years is Athletics New Zealand has kind of pulled away from it. They've not promoted it at all. Uh, the meet's still happening, but just looking through the results, it just looks like a Palmerston North club night, unfortunately. Yeah. So, it's, Good running from those involved, but yeah, there needs good running, to be more involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a real shame. So I'd, I think the concept is actually good, but it looks like somewhere along the line someone hasn't kind of followed through with it. So it might die a slow, painful, horrible death. But I think the idea has potential, and I yeah. think it, it was addressing a real need that we have you know our secondary school athletes have the national secondary schools which is great we need something to get excited about in the early part of the summer for our track and field guys yeah you know there's the bays night of fives coming up which is great and it's actually timed really well we yep. need more stuff Just like this Christmas. bigger better bring it together make it happen so yeah yeah. I'm almost coming from it the other way. Like I would prefer to see the our athletic season move more into the autumn. So really, yeah. So push out so that people who are looking to go overseas aren't having to peak too early. So we might mm. have our nationals in April. Um, yep. Maybe just after the Australian nationals, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then have cross country lining up with the American season. So in our spring. So now yeah. we'd be doing. See, I've got. We country. actually, what we should do is put a pin in this conversation and follow up with this and make this a training talk. Yeah. You know, how should. <laughs> it's not really a training talk because it's not going to help you train. But I think this is an interesting topic. How should the Athletics New Zealand season be spaced out? I've got some very kind of. Uh, yeah, you know, strong ideas on what should happen. Because it's basically been the same forever. Well, roughly. yeah, and a lot of what we yeah. have now worked back when it first started in, in the, the 1950s, 1950s and, yeah. and we're still doing the same thing. Yeah, um, and people, there's a lot of uh, older adults who lead our sport. Yeah, who don't see the need for change. Um, Things are yeah, changing. Things are changing. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about that later. Yeah, let's put a pin in it. Right, so moving on to international news. And last weekend at the Fukuoka Marathon, so the 70th Is running that how of you the say Fukuoka. It? Well, it's not Fukuoka? I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> um, Fukuoka. Do the Billy T. James version of speaking Japanese. You've got to be constipated and cold. So, Fukuoka. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good. So, uh, Fukuoka, the, the, and it's the 70th running of this event. And this is an event that New Zealand has a huge history in. So, yeah, yeah, Barry yeah. McGee won yes. this back yep. in the 60s. So, um, 1960, Barry McGee won yep. 2.19. Then, Jeff Julian, 63, and 2.18. Holy shit. Jeff Julian ran 2.18. And then, Mike Ryan. This is a name who is. Uh, people forget about Mike Ryan. I know. He's. he's and I never understood this. I never understood why Mike Ryan didn't have the same prestige as our other yeah. Olympic yeah. and Commonwealth Games medalists. So, so bronze medal at the Mexico Games. Yes. And, and I think he was the only medalist in that game. When we had a... No, 68 games, sorry. Yeah. Um, when we had a really strong strong team coming off the back of yeah. the Peter Snell, Barry McGee. Yes. Uh, Murray Helberg era. And he was one of the very few um, European athletes to handle the hot 
altitude um, hot altitude yeah. conditions so yeah yeah he, he did really really well 68 so he got that bronze there he also got a bronze in a commonwealth games oh cool um maybe in 66 yeah jamaica 66 or uh, yeah um uh, my memory fails me i'm pretty sure it was jamaica 66 but yeah. yeah and then um all the way to 1982 paul bellinger won it in 210 wow that's, that's solid yeah like we forget <laughs> how really solid. we forget how good we've been at the marathon and it's yeah. kind of like i'm glad we've got a lot of guys running in the 220s now yeah. um and we've got zane and jake who are going to do something very special very soon yeah i wish we could get a lot of a lot more guys down into these two teens and yeah yeah but hey we we need to um we're you know, coming after it yeah and give due praise to these guys who are running in the 220s one of them being david ridley who finished 28th in the fukuoka marathon fukuoka marathon um <laughs> constipated and cold that's the key yeah. <laughs> so david's with the port hills athletics club um he ran a pb um 225.22 which is awesome yeah really good really good really running cool. david um so it'd be great uh it would be great to catch up with david at some stage and hear about his experience over there and you know that it's a long way to go but I imagine he's really happy with the trip and, and super happy with yeah. that PB. The so. cool thing about going to Japan is you've got a lot of company when you are running fast because there's, yes. there's a hang of a lot of depth there. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. the um, the university half marathon champs in every have we, year. Have we posted ridiculous. this on the show notes before? Um, no, I don't think we have. Uh, hey, let's, but... we, we'll post it on the show notes. I'm going to quickly describe it. The winner yeah. comes through and it's a very tough finish with about four or five guys yeah when it comes through in 10150 something yeah so you know a world-class time not not world record style yeah. but these are university runners so really fast and then you just there's just a steady stream of like one or two guys every 10 or 20 seconds yeah and then you get to about 104 and that trickle <laughs> turns into just a stampede a stampede and from 104 through to about 108 there's just every 10 seconds there's like a dozen guys crossing the finish line and it's it's actually mind-blowing to think you know we sit here uh, we'll go to local races and someone will come through and win in in 105 we're like wow that's amazing that's awesome and it is awesome don't get me wrong um, and then the next one will come in three minutes later and then it'll be five minutes and the next one will come in and then, you know, there might be 20 guys under 120. They had like hundreds Hundred. of guys just streaming through. We're going to post it to the show notes. Check it out if you haven't seen it because it's, cool. it's actually mind-blowing and it speaks to the depth that we're talking about in Japanese running. Yeah. So if you want to read a great book, uh, The Way of the Runner, um by yeah Finn. yeah cool. really by good. the guy who wrote the the kenyan yeah running book as well eh? yeah. yeah yeah awesome so uh well done dave ridley for your marathon and then we had um over at the zatapec 10k hang on hang on you always want to skip over the bloody race walking hayden oh. <laughs> we're gonna give a shout out I to, to, to <laughs> alana barber won the 20k race walk at an uh invitational meeting in melbourne she she walked oh, cool. one thirty two fifty nine, which is just nine seconds slower than her uh, national record. So things looking really good for Alana and her partner uh, Quentin Rue, who uh, he walked one twenty four fifty seven. So really looking forward nice. to a good season for for our two premier race walkers. Now we can awesome. talk about all right. This so, 10K. The Zetabek, so the Zetabek so the ten k. I don't know how long it's been going. Long time. A long time. Um, obviously named after Emil Zetabek, the famous Czech runner, uh, Czechoslovakia. Yeah, let me let's, Google let's, that. <laughs> yeah. We should know this stuff. Um, and so he's obviously not Australian, but he was... No, well, the reason... It, so the Zetabek 10K is in Melbourne. His best Olympics, he's Czechoslovakian, his best cool. Olympics were in the 56 oh, Melbourne cool. Games. Yeah. So he won some medals in 52 in Helsinki, but he dominated Melbourne. Yeah. Like really, really good stuff. And a really interesting character. Um, and so it's cool that yep. that race has been named after him. And it is probably the premier Southern Hemisphere 10,000 metre event. Yes. I would say so. Certainly in New Zealand and Australia, all the all the longer distance guys and girls head Locked over there. Yeah. Yep. So that was on last Thursday. And we had a Kiwi winner 
And I don't remember the last time we had a Kiwi winner. Do you, um, off the top of your head? Robbie Johnston would have won this. Yep. I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah. I should know. Kim Smith ever come down to do it? No. No, I don't think so. Look, I think there would have been a, a Kiwi winner at some stage, but... That's that doesn't yeah. detract. Anyway, from we had one on Thursday. So um, Camille Buscom um, went out with the with the pacemaker, and it was kind of set up for her. And I might get the name wrong. Eloise Swellings, I yes. think it was her. Correct. Um, and so they went through pretty quick, about sixteen minutes flat for the five k. Then the pacemakers dropped off, and it was a windy night, and. Um, Wellings dropped off, leaving Camille um, to do it all on her own. And on a tough, boy, did she tough do it. night, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she won in, uh, have you got the results in front of you? I'm trying to dig them out. 32, uh, she, 20, 30, oh no, last year 32, she did. 32, 34. Yeah, so 32, 34. Last year she did 32, 26 in much better conditions and with company. Yeah. Um, so you've got to say this, this run is probably a sign that she's on the on an upwards trajectory yeah and look all of the the main female athletes that she beat she's been training with them she's been up at altitude training at falls creek yep. um, which is the main altitude training base for the australian athletes these girls are kind of professional athletes they're, they're, they're they made it to the rio olympics camille does not and i know we're going to talk to her in the interview it's her burning desire to get to one of these meets. It's a shame yeah. that the conditions were so bad because I did set guarantee she could have won. Uh, she could have ran a world champs qualifier if the conditions had been better. But, you know, she'll be happy that she gets a couple of grand Aussie prize money um, and it, it bodes well for the rest of her season. It's really yeah. good stuff. Yeah, really cool. And cool to see one of our fellow New Balance runners out there dominating it. Represents. Um, and so, yeah, Camille uh, really running really well so i caught up with her last night and we had a good chat um and as you say she's very hungry and so i'm very excited to see what what becomes of it so excellent um let's jump over to camille so with me on the phone is camille buscom who's just come off a fabulous win at the zapec 10k over in australia uh, so congratulations camille and welcome to the show oh thank you now, how are the legs feeling after uh, your big 10,000-meter 10, 10, win at the weekend? Well, not at the weekend. It was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on yeah. Thursday night. Um, they're, they're okay, yeah. No, I'm feeling a little bit tired today, but I think I've recovered pretty well from it. Yeah, awesome. Now, what was your um, your kind of plan going into it? Like, Did you think a, a win was on the cards? Because <laughs> from memory, I don't know if we've had a, um, a winner at Zatapec, which is probably like the premier 10,000 meter event in, I'd say in the Southern Hemisphere, but I, I don't think a Kiwi's won in maybe a decade or more. Um, so w- what were your thoughts going into it? Um, well, it was kind of like, so I've um, actually been in the process of changing coaches and things. And so yep. I actually went across to Australia to Falls Creek to train with Melbourne Track Club um, oh, nice. a couple of weeks before the race. And so we thought, well, I might as well do Zetapec just to see if, like, the training's kind of working. Um, and I'd never done altitude before. And so I was yeah. only there. I was there for, like, just over two weeks. But we kind of just wanted to see if there was, like, an improvement or, if you know, just if I was coping well with it. And so kind of went into Zetapec with the idea of just seeing how I could do rather than with an aim to actually do, like, play. Like, I don't know. I just wanted to do as fast as I could run, basically. And so... <laughs> So the aim going into it wasn't with a huge expectation, but then um, as I was starting to train with the girls and stuff um, at Falls, we sort of started talking and they were like, well, actually, like, you probably should have a higher goal. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. yeah, so we sort of we sort of were focusing on hanging on to the pacemakers. Zoe and Jen were, were going to take us through yep. 5K in about 16 minutes. And so the aim was for obviously – it was really set up for um, Eloise to to win because if she wins at Zatapec, she gets an auto-qualifier to Worlds because she's already done a time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and so they kind of set it up for her. But then I guess she, she kind of dropped off um, 
quite yeah sort of unexpectedly earlier on she just didn't have a good race and I mean and so I kind of was the one that they ended up pacing and then so they paced to 5k and obviously which was amazing but then I mean it was another 5k (laughs) and it was really windy and horrible weather so obviously it was going to be difficult to yeah to hit like the time standard that I was kind of after and so I was sort of just like well just get through the race run well feel good and then I can build on next time yeah so it was good very good and so you ended up running 32 26 um how big yeah yeah how big of a pb was that for you no, I did. I sorry, I ran thirty two twenty six last year. I ran thirty two. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong results. Of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. I ran. I ran a bit slower this year. Yeah. Um, but it was like significantly worse weather. So I think in hindsight, and I had least paces because because obviously Eloise wasn't in front of me um, after seven k. I mean, yeah, yeah like yeah. last year she was with me for longer. Yeah. So it was yeah. So I was pretty happy. Um. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long way when you're um, 12 and a half laps deep into a race and you've still got 12 yeah. and a half to go and you're, you're I know, solo. I, so, okay. Yeah, that, that's really good. So that must give you a bit of confidence to say that you're um, you're at least as well on track as you were last year, this time last year? Uh, yeah, so I mean, not that this year was a <laughs> – not that this year yeah, I ran well, but like, yeah. yeah, it was good to know. I was in good shape last year and, yeah, and so I'm, I'm hoping to like – be kind of back there again and build on it yeah yeah well I remember last year um you rocked up at night of fives in Auckland and you did what was it fifteen twenty eight? um yeah and so that was getting everyone excited that a yeah. potential um Olympic qualifier was on the cards but um it just didn't didn't seem to happen what what sort of happened for, for the rest of that track season um yeah, no, I I uh, I got glandular fever, so oh no, yeah, like in the beginning, well, pre end of December, like literally two weeks after that race, I was yeah, just yeah. yeah, and so I kind of pretty much the whole year was a write off um, since then, unfortunately, because I kind of just kept racing, just hoping that I'd just like somehow do it, even though like I could hardly train, yeah, or like get out of bed, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just. That was kind of, I mean, I think that was quite a big reason as to why I didn't hit the time. It was really upsetting because I, I, think, I think I was in pretty good shape in December and stuff. But then, yeah, you just, the house thing kind of took yeah. over and I kind of had no control over it. Um, rather than, I was only, all I could do was rest and have time, but I didn't rest and I didn't have enough time. So I didn't qualify. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things you sort of just got to put all your eggs in the one basket and and go for it. But when there's uh, a few things like illness eh, that come into the mix, it's it's yeah, it's pretty hard to um, to do your best. Uh, but looking through what you did do last year, I see you still managed a mile PB and a three K yeah. PB. So you yeah. must have been um, you must have been hammering it pretty hard, even though um, your yeah. body definitely wasn't playing ball. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, yeah it's maybe silly, but um, I just wanted to hit the Rio time so bad that I was like, I knew if I took time off, I would not be fit enough. But then, yep, yep. in hindsight, like, yeah, it was yeah. just never going to happen. So, but that's fine. Like, I mean, I've learned a lot, and um, and now the good thing is it's kind of been, and so I don't feel as upset about it anymore. Rather than obviously yeah, yeah. in August and July and June it was really upsetting but now it's kind of been and gone and it's like I can focus on where I'm headed and yep, and yep. so it's not as upsetting anymore because I feel like I'm starting to get back into kind of good shape and um, I've got goals you know in the future and stuff that I really want to focus on rather than what's been kind of so yeah mm. yeah and I mean you're still um, just looking on the athletics New Zealand profile page you're what mid-20s now so you, you've still got yeah. got a fair amount of time to um, at least another Olympics in you uh, yeah like, hopefully yeah, yeah so that's the, uh, yeah I mean that's definitely the aim is to is to focus on on Tokyo and well, yeah so yeah. good cool now we should take back and reverse um, time a little bit. Um, so when did you get into running and how did it all start? When when did the passion spark for you? 
And so I, I started running a long time ago. I was probably like five years old. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so like went to sort of Little Athletics in Cambridge and yeah. and then um, kind of kind of started loving it straight away. Like I was just – I have a lot of energy usually and <laughs> so it was a good way for mum and dad to, to burn my energy off. Um, yeah, so they kind of got me into that and then I just would go to like Waikato Champs and school sports and, and regional, you know, like try and then Colgate Games and yeah, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And um, Were you one that? of those kids who, who had it right from the start, like you were winning the class 100 metre sprint when you're, you're <laughs> six years old? Or? I think I was not as fast over the 100. I'd always yeah. be like third or fourth, but sure. then anything over 100, like even two and four, and yeah. anything above that, I would usually, yeah, I would often win. But there was a couple of girls that would sometimes, they were, they were really good. And so, I mean, I got a lot of silver medals. I've got literally <laughs> so many silver medals. But, I mean, they some they they sometimes I also would win and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it was good. And I had a really good coach um, growing up, Graham Turner. And so, I mean, yeah. it was pretty good. I had a, I had a good setup and um, – but yeah, it was more like when I I went so I went to America uh, after after high school. Yep, on scholarship. I, yeah, and I yeah. kind of sort of like realized that I really loved running rather than awesome. it was something that I did. I kind of decided that I sort of took ownership of it and was like, actually, this is what I want to do, and I need to. I just need to figure out how I'm going to get to achieve my goals, and so I kind of committed. After that, rather, yeah, I sort of realized, no, you've actually just got to, you've got to really believe in your own ability and go for it. And so, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a team yet. And so I'm like, I just really want to make, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's cool. And um, we definitely find that with people who go over to, on scholarship, it it does one or the other, either it kills your running um, and you come back sort of realizing that you never liked it or it does the uh, the opposite and it really sparks that fire so it's cool to hear that it was the latter for you yeah. um and so you have you say you haven't made a world team but you did go to university um the world uni games last yeah, was world, it last year world university games last year yeah awesome. that was good and i had a really good trip um yes i got a silver there yeah another silver <laughs> add to my collection yeah, so but um, that's a very good result because it is a um, it is sort of the next most high profile um, world world yeah. event aside from Com Games. Would you yeah. say it's sort of the next step yeah. down? Yeah. So it was really good to get that. It's just um, I missed out by on Com Games as well, and 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 because the New Zealand standard is really tough, and so I yes. did like the Australian standard and IAA standard. Like yep. seven times or something, oh, but me. So it's like kind of um, yeah, it's really tough. But yep, I yep. mean, I've just got to get obviously. Signif- I've just got to get faster, and so I'm yeah, I'm definitely like close to the com game standards now. So I'm all pretty much at that level now. So it's a matter of trying to trying to get crank up to the world standard. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure you'll get there. So. What is the plan for the rest of the year? Are you going to come up to Night of Fives again and um, have a crack at the 5K? Or is it sort of put um, put the training, um, focus back on the training for a few months? Yeah, that's the latter. Yeah, so yep. I'm, I'm not going to do Night of Fives. I've just, um, I'm getting back into, into training and I'm actually heading back to Oz on 2nd of Jan to go back to Falls Creek um, awesome. and... Um, do a stint of another stint of training there and then um racing a road 10k um in like the 19th of february yeah great so i'm just focusing on build up at the moment and, and i'll target a few more track races and uh in the european american season yeah rather than trying to peak twice or three times if i was to make worlds rather than yeah rather just focusing on that european side and just trying to get a really really good build up and a strong base behind me that I've sort of lacked this year because I missed a lot of training with being not so well. And so I just, I really want to get the, get my training back in, in really good consistency. And so I have the confidence and ability to, to back up races once I get there. So, yeah, oh, that sounds like a really good plan. Um, and how did 
you find um, the altitude? I mean, obviously it's worked pretty well coming off of the win at Zetapec, but um, how have you found altitude? Like, what's what's the training like up there? And yeah, it's it's really hard. Um, it's it's just a lot more tiring. I find like yeah. you're just generally tired all the time. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, maybe it was because of the training as well, which it was, but it was yeah. just like it's not really the you don't really think it's the breathing when you're there, but um, when I came back down, you sort of you do feel like lighter or something. I don't know. You just feel like more awake rather than just like yeah. I don't know. It just feels like I was just like had really big bags under my eyes while I was there, and I, I just feel like a little bit sort of brighter when I've come back down, which yeah. is quite nice. Cool. cool. And when you came back down, did it feel um, like I've heard? Some people coming down from altitude, you feel kind of a bit groggy for, um, or okay for the first day, and then a bit groggy, a little groggy patch, and then you come back. Um, oh, yeah. Was there any of that for you? I, I mean, I was only there a couple of weeks, so I don't yeah. think, it pro- I, don't, I mean, I I actually just felt better rather than worse, yep. you know, I didn't, yeah, I actually just, I just felt better because I just, yeah, I didn't feel like I had, and I, I mean, I got down on the Tuesday and raced Thursday, so like, it was only two days. Um, and then I flew home the next day, so I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't really like a, I wasn't in one place to kind of figure out if it was, yeah, what was making me tired or not tired. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, cool. Now, is is five k? Do you think going to be the focus, or has this? Um, well, last year at Zetapec and this year, fueled that fire to go up to the twenty five lapper. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm probably going to. I kind of want to focus on the five, just yeah. Yeah. the 10's a long way. Um, I mean, I think, I think I've got a good 10 in me if, if I can, you know, keep this training and stuff going. It's just I've got to lap faster, and so you've really got to be a lot fitter to do it because you can't blow up because then you just lose time. You've got to be able to cope with the laps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I think by sort of April, May, I've got a good – I'll have a really good 10K um, there, but – I mean, for me to, I really want to run quite a lot faster, and you've you've got to have a lot more training. Um, I mean, obviously, you also have to for the five, but it's just yeah, it's a, it's a real mental game, I think, out there. And I mean, you've almost got to not be exhausted after the first five because yeah. you've still got another five. But it's yeah, 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 but yeah, I mean, a lot of girls can run really fast over ten, and so I mean, if you can't hang on to the first five, you'll you you know you'll sort of blow up. So it's yeah, about exactly. Um, and as we saw at the Olympics this year, I mean, that was just frightening. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, they were insanely fast. I mean, yeah, so Eloise ran so well at the Olympics. Um, so that's who I've been doing um, training with. Cool. She did the 10 as well as the 5, but, I mean, they just they are so fast. And so that's the aim is to just sort of get to the low 31s awesome. eventually. Yeah, just to – but – We'll just kind of take it in, take it in stages, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. Um, now we've got a few questions that we ask everyone. Well, most people who come on the show, we do sometimes <laughs> forget. Um, but where in New Zealand, if you can narrow it down to one one place or one area, is your favourite place to go running? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, take your pick. <laughs> yeah, my favourite place. Um. I have this like loop in Cambridge that I really love. I know that sounds bad because I live pretty much here. But <laughs> yeah. this loop in Cambridge that I really love doing. Um, and I love run. I know it was also sounds stupid, but like along the river in Hamilton, I love running along the river in Hamilton. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not very adventurous with my like training routes. That's all right. <laughs> but I feel like where I am, I'm pretty happy with, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, very cool. Uh, that's good. It, it works for you um, and probably good motivation for others who are going through Hamilton not to just <laughs> yeah. do the, the sneaky <laughs> little drive-by. Yeah, um, yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, what about, what about food for you? Uh, what's your last thing you eat before a race? What's the first thing you go to after, after a race? Oh, before a race. Probably, I'm trying to think, usually like a coffee and a muffin is probably my like pre-race. Nice. Is, is the caffeine purposely for 
performance oh, or is it just, I just love coffee but yeah. <laughs> yeah so you and the muffin you just something like I mean sometimes if I get a large muffin I might not finish the whole thing because you know but like <laughs> but like it's definitely something sweet and yeah and then Good. coffee because it's just yeah it's Always. kind of like perks you up and feels like a treat <laughs> yeah nice work what yeah. about afterwards do you go back rest of the muffin or um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just depends because you don't really feel like that hungry sometimes straight after races. So yeah, yeah. I don't even know. It just it totally depends. Like pizza or ch- hot chips or something. Quite often like hot chips or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about the salty, salty things, especially after a long race. Something salty is always good. Salty, pretty, yeah, probably yeah. it. <laughs> um, now this is a bit of a deep one, but what has running taught you about life? Um. Probably a lot. Um, um, Yeah, so, man, there's like a million things I could say. I feel like running, it's really similar. I don't know, it's like such a hard, I don't know, I've had a lot of challenges with running and a lot of things haven't come super easily to me. And so I think it's just like a really good analogy for life in the sense that you you've got a goal and you've got a dream or you want to do something. And I mean, always there's going to be stuff that, you know, that's going to want to stop you from doing it. And there's going to be obstacles in the way and there's going to be challenges, but it's like, you just have to keep sticking at it and you've got to keep some kind of positive mindset to know that like, it's still your dream. And so you still have to go after it. Like, even though people are going to say, Oh, you know, you can't make it or people might not believe in you. And I mean, I think it's the same in the workforce or with, someone starting their own business and things like that. It's like you've got to just, I mean, obviously in the world, there's not a lot of people that believe in you. You're one of them. And then your close family and friends and partners and stuff are probably the only other people. And so it's like, um, I feel like it just kind of teaches you that, yeah, I don't know. You've just got to keep focused and kind of keep striving to achieve those goals and don't kind of give up with one hiccup or two hiccups. It's just like, honestly, if you can make it, I feel like it'll just be so worthwhile but I can't say because I haven't made it yet. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I just know that if I do, it'll be, yeah, yeah, it'll just be worth it, and everything just like will kind of start falling into place. Yeah. No. Well, um, yeah. you've you've definitely achieved a lot more than than most of us have with um, I don't know how many national titles you've won, but yeah, <laughs> it's cool to hear that that <laughs> hunger is really alive and well to to um, really make an impact on the international scene as well. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool and, and really wise words as well for I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will be um, burying their sorrows in, um, in their Christmas dinner this year because they're injured <laughs> or um, can't get out there and enjoy the, the summer while running. So yeah. Um, yeah, wise words. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. so much, Camille, for taking time and um, we wish you all the best for your, for your training. Oh, thank you so much. Good stuff, Hayden. Great interview. Yeah, thank you. You've you haven't heard it yet, but I imagine yeah. it's a great interview. I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing it actually, and I'm really looking forward to keeping up with uh, Camille's results. Um, yeah, I understand she's not going to be racing too much domestically, but we'll keep everyone up to date if we know that she's going to be running nationals. It's you know worth the price of the ticket alone to go see uh, Camille, especially if she's going head to head with someone like uh, Rosa Flanagan or, yeah, or some yeah. of the other great female yep. athletes that we have. Uh, Nikki Angie Hamlin, Petty, when Angie they meet Petty. in the middle, yeah. sort of 1500, we, that's always a good yeah. one. Yeah, and look, it's a shame the um, Van Dalen twins um, have retired, yeah, um, because that 1500 mix was actually really it still is really strong. So if we go Camille Buscombe, Rosa Flanagan, Angie Petty. Uh, Nikki Hamlin, uh, throw in Catherine Marshall, who's really, um, you know, doing well after her time at Tulsa in the States. Cool. We've got a a great And Laura Nagel as well. Oh, oh, man. Actually, I I think Laura Nagel is... We've got some great female athletes. I think Laura Nagel's really going to come through. I I wouldn't be surprised if from the 800 through to the 10K, if we had about four females qualify for the world champs. Awesome. You know, I think yep. we'll have at least two. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we doubled that and got four there. Yeah. So, oh, very exciting. It's going to be, well, it's going to cool. be a very exciting summer. So, yeah. And know, what's cool about Camille, like she said, she's going and she's in base training at the moment. This mm. is just 
come out of training, come off altitude and just yep. see what she's got in the tank. Yeah. Um, and so she's actually putting um, the racing on, on hold and she's going to training mode for the next few months. So that's she's cool. not going to focus on a New Zealand summer. Yeah. Um, focus on getting some well, qualifying times. And this speaks to our training in talk Europe. Yeah. Um, of racing versus training. Yeah. Before good transition. We, before, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ruin that transition oh, yeah. and roll us back. We're talking yeah. about our fabulous middle distance runners and one result we missed Hamish Carson over the weekend in Honolulu. Yes. This that's the one we missed. You know, yep. we've talked about how mind blowing Brad Luton's golf performance is. <sighs> Pull up your socks, Brad, because Hamish Carson has actually done something incredible. He's in off season training right now, so he really is just building the miles back up and you know, yep. working on, on his speed. So Rio and, Olympian in the fifteen hundreds, yeah, for yeah. those who don't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. And so he's he's uh, an alumni of the show, obviously he came on the show and then a couple of weeks later had his qualification confirmed. Yep. This often happens. You interview with us, you go to an Olympics, you go to a world champs. <laughs> but uh look he's he's one of the real personalities of New Zealand athletics, a great guy. He's over in Honolulu. Um, he's gone over for the uh, street mile. So they have the Honolulu yeah. Marathon every year, which is, it's not one of the top five marathons in the world, but it is one of the top five in the United States. And um, it's an event that New Zealand has a good history in. Um, I believe Jack Foster won this really? race. Yep, back cool. in the 70s. Um, Stinking hot. <laughs> really hot race. So think, you know, those oppressive conditions that you see um, that they show off during the Ironman Iron Man World Champs. It's, it, it is kind of like that. Even yeah. though it's uh, heading into their winter there, it's still blooming hot. Yeah. But um, in association with the race, they had a street mile, um, and Hamish Carson ran pretty well, 4.09 on yep. the road. Um, so pretty good for your off-season. Not too bad, but you know, not a, not a podium finish, I don't think. No. Um, next day, I wanted he wanted to do a long run. So what did he do? <laughs> did a marathon did he, the well, Honolulu marathon he jumped in the marathon he was only yeah. planning to run to 35 kilometers which actually that's a hell of a long run for a minor <laughs> it's pretty good well it's your long run distance isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um he jumped in and thought i'll go you know he was planning just to go to 35 k's and then he he was rolling along he's like, i really want the finishes t-shirt <laughs> and so he just kept on rolling um rolled across the finish line in 227 is that correct i think so somewhere yeah. around there uh, finishing yeah. in ninth place overall yep. uh and he got that finishes t-shirt pretty so, cool yeah really and good. he went through in about 70 minutes at the halfway so yeah not exactly your typical sunday run yeah oh um, real look i i i find it really interesting 227 off the back of a 409 mile the day before you know, Hamish Carson has got wheels, but it actually speaks to his potential over the longer distances later. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really Maybe good. Maybe the 5K, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll see. But um, looking forward to having him and the other top guys back over the summer and, and going head-to-head. It's going to be yeah. a very exciting track season. I wonder if Arch Jelly's going to tell him off doing the marathon <laughs> maybe hamish or john told Walk- you not to run that marathon john walker used to do this he did this i know he did it at least once he ran the rotorua marathon yeah um and he went off um just at his normal long run pace which wasn't mucking around so john walker <laughs> led the rotorua marathon got a big lead on everybody and then pulled out at about 32k uh. um didn't necessarily tell people that he was planning to pull out so there was quite a few of the other runners who were you know spitting tacks at him yeah, uh, but yeah. he was like ah oh, just want to just get in my long run mcdonald's is at the 32k yeah. mark that would have done it yeah 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 um, so look now that i've ruined our perfect segue um, yes well it's, it's still a very awkward segue back into yeah. our discussion so planning for next year and how many races should you do so let's break up um the listeners of the show who are we've got track runners We've got road runners, um, so track runners usually doing shorter distances, anything yep. from 800 up to 5K, 10K. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the road runners, sort of 10K to marathon. And then we've got the ultra runners um, beyond that. And then we've got trail runners as well. So we've got a lot of different audiences. So how do we tackle this one? Yeah, Jeez. I don't know. Look, I, I want to talk about it in terms of philosophy. So yep. I think how much you race can be informed by your philosophy as a runner. Um, Cool. And so this universally holds true whether you're running 1,500 metres on the track or, you know, 100-kilometre trail ultramarathons. And, you know, some people, and we can can 
name some names here because there are some prodigious races in New Zealand. Malik and Brad Luton. Um, give me a couple more. There's people who we go through these uh, weekly results and they're in there every week. You know, John o. Jackson will run a park run most weeks, weeks if he's not racing something yeah. else. Um, Paul Martelletti, he's yeah. done, what, six marathons? Did we yeah. count it? Five or six? Yeah. Um, in the space of about six months? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so look, my very firm opinion, which is just that it's an opinion, if you are going to race all of the time, you are by definition making a slight sacrifice to your peak performance. Yeah. So if you want to put forward a peak performance and be your very best um, a few times a year, multiple times a year, or even once a year, I think you need to train very kind of um, and in quite a structured way towards that goal yeah have times when you don't yep. race you're specifically focusing on yes. your training yep. yeah yeah uh, and, and I, the recovery as well yeah it's i find just... it hard to believe that if that an all-out race can fit into your general preparation for an event no matter what that event is yeah um and you know people might argue that but then i guess the the flip side of that is um these people actually do really well the names that we just mentioned these people are actually fantastic athletes. Yeah, I mean, Paul Marletti, is he the fastest yeah. Kiwi this year? Definitely, I think, I think he's he been the fastest Kiwi for a few years. Um, Three or four times over. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I. but what these people are doing is they're making running their lifestyle. Yeah. Which equally, uh, you know, I think this is incredibly valid. So, and in a lot of ways, I wish I could be like this, but running is... You know, just going and racing is a part of their life. It's a part of what they do. It's a part of who they are. Um, and so they go, you know, they make a choice to go out and do this almost every weekend. Yeah. Um, and it works for them. It works really well. They they just roll on and on and on with a really high level of fitness. But um, my opinion is you sacrifice that kind of final two or three percent that you might be able to gain by having a more focused build up yeah absolutely and the way i explain it to my runners um i i totally agree with you um and the way i explain it is i um i pull apart what's involved to run a marathon so typically mm -hmm. you hit your peak about three weeks out from the marathon then you taper so effectively that taper you're not maximizing your training volume yeah um and then you do the marathon and although some people like to deny it but if you race the marathon properly it takes around about four weeks to actually yes. recover from that thing agreed um and so you've effectively lost seven weeks not lost it, but you've got seven weeks of less than optimum training. So if you've got, let's say, four marathons in there, seven times four is 28 weeks. So you've lost over half of your year yep. to um, less than ideal tra uh, ideal training. Yep. And sure, the marathon itself does help to improve your fitness, but compared to 42K, compared to, I don't know, if you're a high mileage guy or girl doing 100 mile a week, um, you're going to get a lot more benefit from that 100-mile week and it's mm. going to be less less taxing on your body as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I explain it to people. Um, mm. But that's the case for the marathon. So I usually say to people, aim for two marathons a year um, for most people. Um, yeah. Some people actually say just do one and have more half marathons in there. So you might have three half marathons. Yes, um, that's uh, that's the case if I find if people want to step up to a new new level, mm. find a new mm. plateau of their their yep. ability, mm. cut back on the racing, go yep. for shorter stuff. Um, yeah, and then occasionally three marathons if you're already at that level where you yep. want to be, um, and it's about more about maintenance. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we see a lot now with the running community is there's just a prodigious amount of half marathons. Yeah. Like count them up how many half marathons are there in new zealand oh, it's got to be ridiculous hundreds yeah. hundreds well over a hundred yeah anyway. i'd say over a hundred you know, any given yeah. weekend uh living here in auckland you can drive less than an hour and find a half marathon most weekends yeah um yeah what are your views hayden on the on racing regular half marathons because i there's not that many people who race more than three marathons a year. They're, they really yeah. do fit into the extreme category. Um, good on them. That's yeah. awesome. There are a lot more who do 
just run a lot of half marathons they love the distance um they love the yep. the feel of the events do you think that the same kind of rule applies three yeah. a year what are your feelings i think on it, it depends like you said if it's a lifestyle choice you want to do a half marathon every every month yeah um, that's probably a cool goal to go for but yep. you you've got it like you said um some of them have got to be training runs or they've all got to be less than what you could do yeah um so yeah, I, I kind of think, you know, four or five a year could be could be achievable. Um, yep. and racing them, um, ideal would be more like two, uh, two yeah. a year, and yep. then actually um, targeting five k and ten k yeah. and maybe trail races aside from that to get that racing benefit. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm all about minimal minimal racing, optimum training. Yeah. Um, but like I say, there's a lot of people who want to do it because it's a, a yeah. great experience. I tell you what I'm a big fan of is, look, and it's not for everyone. So the the track athletes that I coach, yeah. um, I wouldn't have them do it that much. But for roadies um, and even trail runners, I'm a huge fan of the park runs. Yeah. Just yeah. because the atmosphere within a park run tends to be so relaxed that there's very little chance of you, you know, accidentally getting really G'd up and, and giving a, a maximal effort, which could sacrifice, yep. you know, your training throughout the week. It's it, more like the the sort of workout you get if you rock up to a running club and join in, in a workout or, yes. or come to a tempo fit session or yep. um, join a group. It, yeah, it's more like that and yep. less, less racy, but yeah. you'll still get a good workout. And that yeah. really, you know, my, I, I'm a big fan of the park run movement. And I think for runners who aren't tied in with coaches or club structures, I think it's a great way to give yourself a structured workout each week. Yep. They're all 5K, which means basically they turn into either 18, 20, 25, 30-minute tempo runs, basically. Yeah. So you're getting in that perfect tempo run distance every week in a controlled environment that, that is replicated week in, week out. Um, and it connects you to your community they yep. really encourage volunteering and stuff. They're, they're awesome events. So I guess that's kind of my exception to the rule. If you do want to race a lot, um, you know, you by definition, you can't put 100% in all of the time. Um, yeah. So something like a park run where the pressure is less and you can um, more easily control what you're going to run yep. um, because you know the course and you know the people. Uh, I think that's... Uh, yeah sensible and a lot of the runners i coach um actually will will opt for sort of a pacing so i might say okay you're not not allowed to race this one i want you to run it easy yeah and they might pace the 25 minute group or the 30 minute group um which is a really cool way of doing it um so you take that pressure off and you can run for someone else you've you've got to make sure you hit your splits for them yes um yeah which is cool yeah that is Um, especially cool as as more experienced runners and that you know, one of my favorite quotes is um, don't think about what you can get out of the sport. Think about what you can put into the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, we don't know exactly our audience, but my feeling is a lot of our audience are experienced um, runners or, or at least people who are really passionate about the sport. Um, you know, we talk a lot about individual performance and how to get the best out of yourself or those you're working with. Um, equally, you know, I think, you know, racing as you say, can be a great opportunity to give back to the sport. Yeah. So, you know, you might really enjoy the atmosphere of a race and previously have been the type of person who races eight half marathons a year. Uh, Maybe you race three and volunteer at five, you know, and that'll give you, that'll give you all those feelings and all, it'll actually give you more connection to the running community than just showing up and racing. So handing out medals. Yeah. Marshalling. Every, aid, every race organizer is always looking for volunteers. So yeah, cool. definitely something to check out. Um, and we should also mention um, what, what we do for track races and ultras and our trail run. Yeah. Run. So track races are funny. Um, yeah. For the longer distances, the 5 and the 10K, at an international level, these guys actually aren't racing very much. Yeah, especially you, 10K. You'll see yeah. them race maybe two 10Ks in a year. Yeah. Maybe two. Um, and they'll be fairly spaced apart. Yeah. So they'll do a double peak. 5K guys, I mean, what do you... 
Oh, the, three, I mean the four, Diamond League, five. yeah, yeah, and they usually alternate between the three k and five, yeah, maybe even step down to the fifteen, yeah. A five k uh, on the track, particularly in spikes, you know. So a lot of roadies were going five k, do it all the time. A five k on the track in spikes when you kind of uh, tend to be more up on your toes, man, your legs take a hammering, turning left fifty yep. times, yeah. It's not Oh, sorry, 25 yeah, times yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the, Indoor the 10K. Track? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it, it is actually quite a physically demanding event. Yeah. Um, but, mm. you know, if you're if you're going to be jumping on and doing 5Ks and you're racing flats, you can probably get away with a few more. Yeah. Yeah. 8 and 15, though, you can race lots. Go to town. Oh, it's awesome. Look, but, this uh, is where the first part of when I was running in New Zealand, I, was, I started out as a longer distance guy, so I wanted to run... 3k and 5k and even um the steeplechase once i got a bit better i made the decision to run eights and 15s and there were two cool. drivers um one that's where all the good athletes were so there was yep. a lot of competitive guys at eight and 15 like you know a dozen guys nationally who were really good whereas in the 5k there was only like two or three guys yeah yeah um who were really at that good level uh, and the eight and fifteen, you can race it a lot. So yep. as uh, as a junior, I usually raced twice a week through the peak season, cool. which was absolutely awesome, and it really really helped my development. Yeah, um, and often you could do like an eight hundred and then finish off after the track meets finish with some two hundreds or some yep. hill reps, and yeah, you incorporate it into your workout. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's quite fun. I, I it's love a doing lot that. of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look and. For anyone listening, even even um, some of us who are more chronologically advanced, if you've never run track, go down and check out your local Masters Association or or your local track club yep. um, and, and think about giving it a bash because what you can learn through a track season translates really well back to road racing. So yeah. the, the tactical awareness, the ability to finish with a sprint the the um, need to pace yourself correctly all of this is is really important in track racing and you can do it again and again and again and again and again yeah at a hundred percent yeah um and and you just you know through the course of a six-month track season if you really want to here in auckland you could probably race uh, 20 to 30 times throughout the year yeah you know which is the experience that you get racing 30 times in a six-month period, that could take years to get that experience mm, on the road. True. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of racing in yep. the track, particularly for people who, who are looking to develop their skills. Yeah. And mm. I've always run my best on the roads after racing, running on the track because you yep. come back with a lot of leg speed, yep. a lot of ability to move fast, and you, yeah. you get into a half marathon, you're like, this is jogging. Uh, it just gives you that confidence to sit in. Yeah. You know, to knowing that you've been running track and, and trying to break two minutes for 800 or, or, you know, 210 or whatever it may be, gives you incredibly uh, just gives you a lot of confidence to slip in behind somebody and just go, well, I'm just going to have this guy in the last 100 metres, so I'm just going to yeah. chill out back here. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, then good. on to trail races. I, I would um, I would do more trail races these than guys, road races. These yeah. guys race a lot. Yeah. And yeah. and I think you can do it. Um, so what what makes you say that? Hayden? Well, the variability of movement on the the trails because you you're going uphill you're going sideways you're scrambling down banks um yep. it's so varied that one muscle group's not getting overloaded so you don't take so, that repetitive pounding that you do in a road race yeah yeah mm. i mean you still get pounded but it's it's more like a general <laughs> oh, pounding really? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you love a general pounding don't you hate <laughs> well let's not go there yeah okay um so yeah um I would definitely race more on on the trails. Yeah, and part of that is it's often harder to go as hard um, mm. because it's harder to gauge how hard you're going. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of Look, hard. And and every trail race I've ever seen, everyone goes out way too fast. Yeah, and then they'll get to a certain point. And, and they finish way too slow. <laughs> and then yeah, they they just switch into survival mode, 
you know, in a, a road race or a track race, it's really common over the last 20% of a race that you're there with other people and going yeah. back and forth and trying to, you know, beat each other. That's actually much less common in a trail race. Usually you're out on your own. Or you might be aware vaguely that there's somebody two minutes up the trail. Yeah. Um, but because of that, that spread that happens over a trail, an ultra trail event particularly, a lot of the time people have gone out hard and they just are getting through and finishing. They'll go, I'm just going to switch into this space and get through and I'm going to hold on to, you know, my, you know, I'm going to come in under six hours. I'm going to hold on to this top 20 spot or I'm going to hold on for the win. Yeah. You know, so often, you know, there's no doubt that these are hard events and they knock you around. But I I don't want to say this uh, offhandedly, but a lot of the time, people aren't putting forth that, you know, the, that real gut-busting 100% effort that you often do in, let's say, a marathon where you have a goal time that you just, you know, you want to hit your splits and you want to get under 310 and, you know. Yeah, I feel like... less in a trail race. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the science behind this, but I feel like there's some sort of sort of nervous system fatigue that you get from a marathon or a hard half marathon mm. that you don't get from the variability of the the intensity in yep. the trail race yeah um and so it'd be interesting to talk to a, a sports scientist about about that whether yeah. there's something going on deeper but i, I feel it's more muscular mm-hmm. in a um yeah in a trail race yeah. when well, we see this even domestically a lot of guys are able to come back and do back-to-back trail races very successfully yeah um and certainly amongst the the average ultra trail runner very common to do what at least four or five events a year yeah yeah, yeah. big ones yeah, yeah. Big one. So yeah, um, um, and that's not to it. say you're not getting as beaten up in the in the actual race. Mm. You're not feeling as hurt, but it's the the. Well, look, and what, what happens afterwards? How fast your body yeah, recover? What's interesting is this is a relatively new um, aspect to our sport in terms of it's becoming really popular. Yeah, what we've seen with the road running is is people do wear down over time. So yep. you, we all know of uh, guys in their fifties and sixties who who continue to do these road races and they're, you know, they've got a little bit of a shuffle. I call them the cardio Frankensteins. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you get this road, this road sort of hovel and you're yeah. <laughs> like Cosimoto yeah. going yeah. along the road. And, and, and look, the sensible ones have long since uh, switched to cycling or triathlons or something like that. Yeah, um, or trail running. Or trail running. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the, you see a lot of the ones who are still running and, um, you know, there is no doubt horrible. that yeah. hard road running takes a toll on your body. Um, yeah. and whereas the you know time will tell um, what these trail runners will look like in in twenty years. Mm. I I suspect they won't be cardio Frankenstein's. Yeah. that's a great term, Hayden. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. done. Um, so hopefully that gives you all a few ideas for next year. You're probably um, like, what is this guy talking about? Completely. <laughs> if you disagree with us, or even if you agree, you know, as always, we encourage your feedback. Um, how do people get yeah. in touch with us, Hayden? Yeah, so krs at tempofit.org. And we've had a few emails come through. They've been really encouraging as well. So thanks yeah. so much um, for those who have sent them through. Um, yeah, so definitely now is the time to think about planning for next year. You don't want to just go through and and book in all sorts of races without a bit of a thought to why am I doing it? What, uh, what are my goals and how can I best get to those goals? So mm-hmm. if you need a bit of outside opinion, of course, give us a call at TempoFit, um, TempoFit.org. But um, in the meantime, happy running, everyone, and we'll tune in next week. Catch you then. <laughs>